Welcome to the B'nai B'rith International Podcast. I'm CEO Dan Mariashin. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm joined today by our special advisor on Latin American affairs, Adriana Camisar. On July 18, 1994, the deadliest terrorist attack in Argentina's history occurred when a suicide bomber killed 85 people and injured hundreds of others at the AMIA, the Jewish Community Center in Buenos Aires. The evidence that Iran and Hezbollah were responsible for the attack is extensive. Yet, efforts to prosecute those responsible for the bombing have been unsuccessful. And the murder of Jewish Argentinian prosecutor Alberto Nisman in 2015 added another victim to this horrific case. This summer marks the 25th anniversary of the bombing, yet justice has yet to be served for families of the victims. Adriana is here to tell us more. Thank you for joining us today from Argentina. Where were you when the attack happened, and what do you remember about that day? Well, I remember I was 19 years old when that happened. I wasn't in Buenos Aires, so I wasn't that close that, to, to that place, but I, I was in Salta, my hometown. Uh, but I do remember it was a shock to me because I'm sure you remember two years before that attack, the Israeli embassy in Buenos Aires had also been bombed. So the feeling, uh, you know, the feeling that everybody had, but especially the Jewish community, was that we were not safe, you know? I remember that it was a terrible day. What happened with the initial investigation? Did the investigation get started right away? Because I remember, you know, there was... uh, I think uh, some kind of, of march uh, that was uh, led by, I think, by uh, President Menem. Uh, there, were, there was a trial. Uh, I think a representative actually of B'nai B'rith in Argentina attended that trial every day. What happened with the investigation, but, and why were so many years wasted in that initial phase? You know, I know that BBI followed that case very closely. The, the first three years were a disgrace then because the initial investigation was plagued with corruption, incompetence. I'm sure you remember that there had been several arrests uh, of local people that had been allegedly involved in some way, most of them members of the federal police. But because uh, of the general mishandling of the case, after three years, all the people that had been arrested were released and the judge himself was impeached and later removed for attempting to bribe a witness in order to incriminate members of the federal police. Uh, So this judge actually, um, a few months ago, was sentenced to six years in prison because of this. So at the time it was a real scandal and everything needed to start all over again. So why was the trail put on to to the federal police. Why do you think that, that it led in that direction, uh, resulting, as you say, in, in years wasted in terms of uh, uh, having a real investigation and bringing the real perpetrators to justice? Um, you know, something happened there. It was never clear with the local connection. Um, apparently, there was somebody that was uh, close to then-President Menem uh, and uh, the judge apparently wanted to, you know, wanted him to be completely 
out of the case. And so he used funds from the intelligence agency to bribe one of one of the witnesses so that he incriminates uh, the federal police. Uh, as it turned out, this policeman had nothing to do, and, and this is why they were released. It was a real scandal. But the next step, some couple of years later, occurred uh, under the presidency of, of President Nestor Kirchner. Um, right. And there was the, the appointment at that time of um, a new prosecutor. Tell us about that. Yes. Uh, you know, Prosecutor Alberto Nisman was designated by President Nestor Kirchner in 2005. Uh, and a special unit, a special investigative unit was created by him. Uh, and, and he started a, a, a serious investigation for the first time because the handling of the case until then was terrible. Uh, you know, I think that President Nestor Kirchner was reacting to uh, international pressure. The OAS at that time, uh, you know, prompted the Argentine government to do something about it. And the Organization of American said, States. The, the, the Organization right. of American right. States, right. And he, uh, Nestor Kirchner said, he acknowledged that the case had been a national disgrace, he said. And so he created uh, this investigative unit and named uh, Nisman as the special prosecutor. Nisman started a very serious investigation for the first time. And two years after that, in 2007, he was able to secure Interpol red alerts for several Iranians and a Lebanese citizen uh, that were had been apparently involved. So Inter in Interpol attack. is the international police organization, and right. this uh, act of the red alerts uh, basically were warrants for the uh, arrest of, of the suspects, correct? Exactly. What they do is that they travel to some country that is member of Interpol. Uh, these countries, supposedly, they need, they have I say, I mean, they have to do it, but they, they not always do it. But they have to arrest these people uh, so that they are uh, accessible to the Argentine justice through extradition or other legal mechanisms. I say they, n n they not always do it because we know that these suspects travel to at least 20 countries and these countries just let them go. Um, but, but this is what the Interpol red alerts are supposed to do. Uh, so Nisman secured these this red alerts, but he could not go any farther because the Iranian regime never agreed to hand over the suspects to the Argentine justice system. And as I just said, uh, other countries uh, really did not take it seriously. For example, we know that one of them Ahmad Bahidi, uh, who was at the time a few years ago um, Iran's foreign minister, he traveled to Bolivia, and when the Argent when Argentina made a request, you know, to to Bolivia, they just let him go. They said they expelled him, but they just let him go and didn't arrest him. So that that is that was a real problem, and and then. Uh, in 2013, something very strange happened uh, and very obscure. It was revealed that the government of 
President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner. Cristina was Nestor's uh, wife and successor. Uh, she signed an agreement with Iran to jointly investigate the bombing. And this pact had been negotiated in secret for about two years. Uh, this was really a surprise to everybody. And what the government said was that this was the only way to achieve justice because the case was paralyzed, Iran was not cooperating with Argentina, and so an agreement with them was uh, the only solution. Of course, to many people, uh, including the majority of the Jewish community, members of the opposition, this sounded really absurd. You know, I, I always say that it was like making an agreement with the Nazis to investigate the Holocaust. Uh, it sounded uh, absurd, it, it sounded like something was behind this, and uh, Nisman had not been involved in this agreement. Uh, apparently it was a, a surprise to him as well, and he probably felt that his work of so many years was under threat. So two years after that, in 2015, after conducting a thorough investigation, he accused the government of Christina Kirchner of signing the agreement in order to make it easier for the Iranians to get rid of the Interpol red alerts in exchange for certain trade benefits, economic benefits. Now, a few days after making this accusation, Nisman was found dead in his apartment, a bullet to the head. And this was the day before he was going to appear before Congress to expand on his allegations and provide all the evidence he had. Uh, so as you can imagine, this was um, shock. Uh, nobody knew what, what was going on. And unfortunately, to this day, his murder has not been resolved yet. By the way, his murder was treated initially by the government of Christina Kirchner as a suicide. But then it was confirmed by a forensic investigation that he was indeed murdered. And, and he's considered today the 86th victim, victim I'm sorry, of this attack. Uh, what became uh, what became of that report, which he was supposed to be presenting to the Argentine Congress? Um, is is that, that that report is still under under wraps, or do we know yes, what what's yes. in there? Well, actually, actually, he made a formal complaint uh, to you know uh, to the court, and and that case is still open. And Christina and other people are testifying, but it's still not resolved because he he actually accused them of trying to get impunity for the Iranians at the expense of the victims of the attack. Uh, so that case is still open. You know, some of the judges tried to close it, but uh, DAIA, the Jewish umbrella organization uh, in Argentina, played a very important role because they presented evidence and they they made it possible for the case to be reopened and that case is still open so you have that case with all the the, the evidence that Nisman had provide provided that is, is still going on and then you have the other case that is the investigation into his death that is still unresolved too uh, and then you have <laughs> the AMIA case itself but it's also still unresolved. So we're 25 um, years we're on, 
Uh, is there any hope that justice will be served in this case? I mean, we talk about it, you know, every year, and and um, much has been written about it. Um, you're right; the facts, uh, more facts, are um, revealed as we've come through this this period. Um, we had the very distressing uh, case of, of Nisman, which you've just talked about. What are the prospects that justice will be served? There's a new government in Argentina now. Um, are people taking a fresh look at this? Uh, is there, uh, a, are there incentives to uh, come to the end of, of this road and, and to uh, bring people to justice? You know, uh, what we know for sure is that the Iranian regime will never cooperate. Uh, they will never hand over the suspects to Argentina, so it's very difficult to think of a scenario where we will be able to put them on trial in Argentina, uh, unless there is regime change in Iran. Uh, so the only hope that I can see is this, the so-called trial in absentia, which means that the, 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 the accused can be tried in Argentina even if they don't come here and submit to the Argentine courts. The problem is that right now, Argentina's legal system, uh, under Argentina's legal system, this is not possible. But there is a bill in Congress. It has been in Congress for about two years now. Uh, but this bill is supported by the government uh, and, and several members of Congress. And this bill would allow trials in absentia in Argentina, particularly in cases of mass murder like this one. Uh, now, this bill is controversial, even members of the Jewish community, some members of the Jewish community oppose the idea because they think that this could harm the case internationally, that the, 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 it could uh, weaken the case. And some legal experts also think that the right of self-defense would not be sufficiently guaranteed. Now, I do not agree with this point of view because the bill allows the defendants to appear and request a comprehensive review of the judgment. And they have ample opportunities to defend themselves. So the right of due process would be sufficiently warranted. Uh, and I think that if we could get a condemnatory ruling in absence against these people, this would make it easier to maintain the Interpol red alerts uh, because the, the Iranians are trying to get rid of them. And they cite the pact that they signed with Argentina as proof that Argentina actually agreed to this. So every, every year, the Argentine government needs to request Interpol to extend the red alerts. Uh, so I think this, this would give uh, more strength to the red alerts and also to eventual extradition requests. Unfortunately, I don't think this bill will pass this year. This is an electoral year in Argentina. There are other priorities, but it is there, and I think it gives us some hope. And how has the media been treating this case on the 25th anniversary? Well, they are, um, you know, it's not all over the media, but you can see in the papers, you know, all the things that the Argentine government is, did this year. Uh, because the, the government decided to take this request for justice to the international scene, perhaps more than other years. Um, you know, Argentinian embassies all over the world 
are hosting commemoration events. Uh, there were also important events at the United Nations, both in New York and Geneva. I know the Organization of American States will also host a commemoration event. I think you were invited, right, in yes. Washington, D.C. And then I know there was a ceremony uh, on Capitol Hill. I mean, they are trying to make this really an international effort. Uh, and this, the papers, the press here has reported on this. Uh, but the uh, it's not not I mean the, this bill for example uh, this bill that is in Congress only people that are uh, knowledgeable about the case are aware of this the general public I don't think they know about it um, uh, this year um, you know as every year there will be commemoration event in Buenos Aires. Uh, in front of the AMIA building, and uh, the government government officials always participate, diplomats. Uh, but this represents yeah. really a change from the past, where for 24 years there were there was no such um, uh, official commemorations. Um, that's true. That's true. That's uh, that's uh, an important change. And those commemorations that had been held, and I think I, I even attended one or two in Buenos Aires. I think we're organized by the Jewish community and not by the government. So exactly, exactly, exactly. So this we've. Year, um, all this, no, go ahead. I mean, the, the the central commemoration event in Buenos Aires is still organized by the Jewish community, but all the other events around the world uh, were organized by the government, uh, with the help of, of Jewish organizations as well. But the, the the main initiative came from the government, which is important. We've, um, we've learned that um, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo will be paying a, a visit to Buenos Aires. Uh, could you tell us more about the visit and how that connects uh, to the, the commemoration of this, uh, this terrible, horrific uh, uh, event? Yes, this visit is really important. He will be coming on July 19th, so the day after the main commemoration event in Buenos Aires because he had some commitments in the U.S. But it's really important because uh, it highlights the need to combat Iranian-sponsored terrorists. I think that the U.S. government is sending the message that it's important to, to you know, to remember the AMIA bombing as, as an example of what Iran and its proxies do around the world. Uh, Pompeo will be meeting with President Macri. He will also honor the victims of the bombing by visiting AMIA and, and in the company of the Argentine foreign minister. And he will also be participating in a counter-terrorist uh, summit hosted by the Argentine foreign ministry. But what is really important is that the fact that he's coming prompted the Argentine government to finally commit to brand Hezbollah as a terrorist organization. Apparently, the government of Israel and also the U.S. government made a joint formal request to the Argentine government, and Macri, President Macri is analyzing the best way to do it, uh, possibly through a presidential order, because if you go to Congress, it will take a long time. Uh, so everything seems to indicate that he will do that. And I know that uh, similar requests were made to the governments of Brazil and Paraguay. And this is very important, too, because, as you know, then the tri-border area between Argentina, Brazil, and Paraguay 
which is a lawless area, has been a lawless area for a long time, is the main source of Hezbollah financing outside of the Middle East because they get money through drug trafficking and other criminal activities there. And the pen, the, there is a, a, a Pentagon report that was issued recently that confirms this. So let's hope that by branding Hezbollah a terrorist organization and by, you know, this will help um, end this situation. Um, you know, I think that the AMIA bombing should serve as a reminder of the horrific crimes that Hezbollah and Iran perpetrate around the world with absolute impunity and that, you know, something needs to be done about it. What you said is just uh, really extremely important because the same uh, issue was, has been raised in Europe uh, at the EU uh, and by individual countries in Europe about naming Hezbollah a terrorist organization. And, uh, you know, the Europeans uh, tried to uh, split the difference by saying there's a military wing and a political wing, but we know that um, the funding, the budgets, and the and all that, that involves support for these terrorist organizations really, uh, to the organizations themselves, doesn't make any difference. Of they course. don't see of any course. difference. So what uh, will happen, hopefully, in Buenos Aires will serve as a, a very important uh, um, event along the way in, in uh, uh, making it clear internationally um, that this organization is seen on an official basis um, as, uh, as a terrorist organization. You know, when I visited Buenos Aires and I go to the, the AMIA site and you see the uh, names of the individuals, any time where there's a terrorist incident where you see the names of the people, and there are so many names, unfortunately, in this particular terrorist attack, um, it really brings home that we have uh, two objectives here. One is um, pointing the finger at, at Hezbollah and its Iranian backer, um, and also the, the need for closure uh, for the families of the victims. Um, 25 years is a long time, and so we hope okay. that, uh, you know, when we talk about this uh, next year, uh, that uh, in the, on the 26th anniversary, um, we will have seen a great deal of progress in bringing those responsible uh, to justice. Uh, and, of course, both of us and, and B'nai B'rith, as an organization, uh, will follow these uh, events very closely. Adriana, thank you very much uh, for joining us today on this uh, kind of somber uh, moment of remembering uh, what happened in Buenos Aires at the AMIA building 25 years ago. Well, thanks everyone for listening to our podcast. Please visit our website, benebrith.org, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on your smartphone through the podcast app for iPhone or through Google Play for Android. And lastly, tell a friend about us. For my guest, Adriana Kamisar, I'm Dan Mariasham. We'll talk to you next time on the Benebrith International Podcast.